Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. And on today's podcast, we're going to preview the NBA Finals, which start Wednesday night between the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. And we're going to preview them with John Calipari, UK's head basketball coach. As you probably know, there's a big UK presence in these finals. Uh, Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero are two main uh, parts of the Miami Heat. And then, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers have Anthony Davis, who played for Cal Perry, and also Rajon Rondo, another UK alum. So UK today, we're recording this on Tuesday. On Tuesday morning, UK made John Calipari available via a Zoom call with the media to talk about his players, about their development, uh, about watching the NBA Finals. He talked about that. He even talked a little bit about the UK UofL series and about, uh, as you may know, Chris Mack, the UofL coach, has questioned about um, the fairness of Kentucky scheduled to play at Louisville this year when there probably will not be any fans at the Yum Center or just a few fans where Louisville has to turn around and play at UK next year when there probably will be fans, although we don't don't know that for sure. So Cal Perry was asked about that late in the interview. But anyway, I thought you'd like to listen to the whole thing. So we're making it available as today's podcast. So without further ado, let's get right to it. This is UK coach John Calipari talking about his players who are in the NBA finals, which start Wednesday night. You know, I, I when I look at all these guys and how they're playing, um, I'm not surprised. Um, that guys would be able to stand up to this. Um, the environment here, everything about it is preparing them for an NBA. It's an NBA environment. How we practice, the competitiveness in practice, the games and shot, every shot matters here. Um, there's no like, okay, that's an easy game. Every game is sold out, all that. So these kids, it's kind of like their rookie year is here. And they go in with that kind of advantage. But um, they still have to do it. And and they still have to go out and perform with some athletic, uh, smart, uh, uh, basketball-savvy guy guarding them, or they have to guard. Um, but there's a fight and a spirit to these guys. Um, Tyler's saying at Miami, there are a bunch of dogs there. Well, they're dogs on the Lakers, too, now. And, and it's – that kind of environment that we try to create here every day they're on the court. Today I sent to my current team about adversity. Everything was about adversity and how you deal with it because it's going to happen. It's going to come. It's not the next step up. So I think, again, just trying to prepare them physically and mentally for what's ahead is what we try to do. All right, first up, we're going to start with Tim Reynolds with the Associated Press. Hold on just a second here, Tim. All right, Tim, you should be unmuted. Go ahead. Well, thanks, Eric. Coach, thanks for doing this. We, we all appreciate it. Um, speaking specifically to Tyler for a second, I know you've got Bam with the Heat as well, but I, I know you expected a lot from Tyler. I know that you gave the Heat a very um, adamant uh, report on what his potential was. But when you see him drop 37, in a conference finals game and gets mentioned in a sentence with guys like magic is he exceeding maybe even what you thought the initial ceiling might be for him well the one thing there there's a skill uh your work ethic is a skill too how much time are you willing to spend 
that usually, if it is ridiculous, your ceiling goes up. And your ceiling goes up because you're building your own self-esteem and your own self-confidence. This kid is fearless because of his confidence. I'm not the one that built his confidence. I mean, matter of fact, I got after him to defend better, to pass better, that if he wasn't a fearless, confident player, that would have taken away his confidence. It didn't do anything to this kid. He listened, fine. You don't understand how good I am. That's what I see on the court. Um, you know, I the biggest thing is I want him to keep chasing because at some point it's going to flip and he's going to be the chased in the NBA. It isn't right now, so don't think you're in that mode. Keep chasing. Keep fighting because eventually – now all of a sudden you keep going, You keep, now everybody's chasing you, and now you have to have a different mentality on how you're approaching this. All right, Kyle Tucker with The Athletic, you're up next. Kyle, what, what, uh, you, you know that uh, for all the, all the good in this, there's going to be people that will come with the other side of it and go, uh, Cal held them back, or, or why, doesn't, uh, why didn't Cal have more titles with all these NBA stars? What, what's, your, uh, what's your retort to that? Well, when people say he doesn't care about winning, all he cares about is his players, it's not true. I care about winning and winning championships. But to say that, you know, that – he only loves his players. He doesn't – okay, but we've won more games in 11 years, uh, more league title, more tournament title, more Sweet 16s, NCAA games, Elite Eights, Final Fours, and won a national title. I know we could have done more. I know that. Um, but if you want to say that, that's fine. And as far as – you know, it's funny. We're doing this kind of like Carolina did. When Coach Smith was there, they had unbelievable players that during the season it was about the team. Here's the second thing. And when it's over, it's about each individual player. But you could do one of two things. You can teach really good players how to play, how to play and what it's going to be like. Or you can teach them to be in a system. To run play to we've always you look at our from the time I was here before Memphis and Metz, we're teaching kids how to play. I can't tell you exactly how we're gonna do it, but the other part of it is getting really good players to have to come together, which means you gotta sacrifice for each other. My goal, and I the guys that are on here know I've said this over and over. I want six of my guys, minimum five to have at least one game, if not more, of 25 to 30 points in a season. So when you get to the NCAA tournament, you don't know who's going to win for you, but they've all done it at least once, which if you're doing that, it's hard to have guys score 25, 28 a game. Other places, it becomes two guys shoot all the balls, the rest of you set screens and rebounds. Now, if you're one of those two, you're happy. The problem for us is I've got seven, eight guys, nine, that all have the same aspirations on different paths. Some of them may take two years or three. But all the stuff that's happening is learning to fight, learning to compete. Now, 
I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to filibuster, even though I am right now, but here, here's what I would say. You know what I'm most proud of? I'm most proud of Ennis Cantor's attitude throughout the, ter- the, the playoffs because he and I were in touch and I watched him. He didn't get many minutes, but when he did, he had a great attitude. He was a great teammate. How about Bam taking responsibility for their loss? That brought their team together. How about Tyler Hero saying, I'm playing for Jimmy Butler. I want him to get his first final. How about Anthony? When they ask him on TV, you're not being aggressive enough. And he comes back. Instead of arguing, he says, sometimes I think too much. How about I know Anthony Davis. He will step back if he needs to to help another player so they can win. The number one thing on his mind right now is winning a world championship. If he has to step up and do all the scoring and rebound, he'll do it. If even hurt, if he needs to step back so that LeBron – or anyone else can step up and they can win, he'll do that. So I'm proud of these kids. They learn to be great teammates. They learn to fight and compete every day, and you're seeing it out there. And if anybody takes another approach to it, that's fine for me. John Hale with Courier Journal. You can go ahead. Cal, um, obviously you've had so much success putting guys in the draft, but one of the side effects of having high draft picks is they usually go to bad teams. And so it's it's going to be your first chance to get an NBA champion from your UK guys. Just how does that kind of change the outlook and does that have any sort of effect on the message you're sending to your current players and recruits? Well, it doesn't, but here, let's talk about when you're drafted one, two, three, or lottery, which we've had 20-some, 20 25 you're normally on a bad team. Uh, Bam and Tyler went to a culture that they were not going to change but could help shoot them to another level. They left a culture here that's about work. You're not going to be guaranteed. You're not, we're not going to embellish. You're, you're going to be our point guard. And you're, this is how do you get better? How good can you be? Are big guys. They they want. I'm saying Bam is a. He created a position point center. He's a point center. Did you see them open the court and he go one on one at 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 Tice like he was the point guard? He's his assists. His his ability to make plays for his teammate. He is a point center. We teach our bigs to start like a guard and finish like a big, all of them. That's how we teach here. And so when you see all this stuff, you're looking like, wow, but he was taken 14th. He was taken in the middle. If you're one, two, three, five, you're on a bad team. Um, If you're 19 years old on a bad team and you're in a man's league, NBA, no boys allowed and you're trying to take this team on your shoulders for that many games, hard deal, hard deal. But, Anthony, it took a trade for him to have that happen. So, yeah, that's a, that's an issue. Um, but to be honest, if you said, 
you could be drafted one on a bad team, or maybe you go 25 and you'll be on a good team. I think they'll take one. We've had four of those, too. Uh, Daryl, you're, you're up next. Go ahead. Good morning, Cal. Um, all these lottery picks you've had through the years, I want to take go back to when they were in high school and you were recruiting all of them. Is there a common denominator back then of, of those kids that where they end up where they are now in the NBA? Well, I, I would say the guys that were like that um, have all gone. You know, we haven't gotten everybody we've, we've wanted, by the way. I mean, they're, they're, this is – you have to be built different to really want this. Uh, you come out built different, but you come in built different too. Um, but the, the point of, well, they were what they were before they got there. Tyler Hero wasn't – Eric Bledsoe was come on now. I mean, we can go and argue the point, but the, here's what I would say. You know, you look at all these kids. You look at – they learn to fight and compete for what they wanted. If I had to promise them everything, they're probably not built for this. If you think it's going to come easy, how about this one? I'll come if you don't recruit anybody else at my position for this year or next. Oh, that happens. You're not coming here. Um, I want to be the point guard and have, the, I want to play 35 minutes and I, but you're the center. How do you, somebody's going to tell them okay to get them. So this one here, you got to want to compete. You want to got to want to learn to be a great teammate. Everything's been about you. Now everything's going to be about us. You have to take what you want. You have to create your own space. If you think you're going to the NBA as a vol, like you go somewhere and you're a volume shooter, there is a chance you could be from that to a volume shooter in the NBA your first second year. Very rare, but it could happen. Here. We have volume shooters in the NBA right now, probably eight or ten. They were volume shooters here in games, not for a season. Like they just shot 28 times, 30 times a game. Because they were playing with seven other guys, everybody was trying to eat. Everybody's trying to carve their way. And we're trying to win a national title. And at the end of every year, these kids, because they came in built different, by the end of the year, we're playing as well as we played all year, including last year, with a chance to win the national title. But it's one and done. How about if it were best of three? How many would we have? Or best of seven? How many national titles? How about this one? How about if I was a little selfish and got these guys to stay two and three years? But that's not what this is. We're here... 20 kids have graduated. We're always in the top 10 with academics here. We have been. The NCAA sends us awards for what we're doing, kids leaving in good academic standing. It's about physically and mentally being ready. It's about, how about this, holding them accountable. I love it. It was something in the bubble. I think it was Stan Van Gundy said, look, he coaches you. He coaches you. If you're not doing what you're supposed to, he will take you out of games. Now, he'll put you right back in. But then it becomes, oh, he takes you out every time you make a mistake or miss a shot. That's Tyler. He took some – how about Jamal Murray, some of the bad shots he took? Jeez, I would have been taking him out every minute. Now, some of them went in, and they're going <laughs> – even more now are going in. But this is about growth. 
This is about putting them in a culture and environment that's an NBA culture and environment. And people that have played here, players, will tell you that's what this is here. All right, Larry Vaughn, we'll go with you next. Hold on a sec, Larry. There you go. Go ahead. John, when, when the Miami Heat were talking to you about Tyler, what, what kind of things did you tell them uh, about him? Guys like that, Larry, you say, look, whatever you're seeing, add 20 to 30% to it because this kid will never leave the gym. He's fearless and he's built his own confidence. What I didn't know with he or Bam, that again, there are some signs of some passes that Tyler will throw that you'll go, oh my gosh. But you're seeing him now in pick and rolls. Well, when he was here, we needed him to score. He had the ball in his hands. He could make plays, but he wasn't in pick and rolls. Now you're seeing that. Bam, when we got him, if anybody said they knew Bam would be what he is today, that you're smoking crack. There's no – but what we did know is that he could fight. He was competitive. He could guard five positions. He was way better with the ball than everybody knew, and we saw it. But right now you got eight months to get your team together. You're not going to say, okay, we're going to make you a point center in the next three weeks, four weeks. You, you can't do that. But – if you all remember, do you remember the play rebounded? He came out and he did a Euro step and shot it back length of the court. We were all like, who the heck is that? Well, we had seen it. We had seen it in practice. And in Miami, it took a couple years for them to have that kind of confidence in them. But right now, they'd just as soon start the offense with it. All right, Jerry Titman, the Lexington Herald leader. You can go ahead. Hold on, Jerry. I got the unmute button for you. Jerry, uh, how helpful can it be in recruiting, do you think, to have such a presence in the NBA playoffs and the finals? I don't think it can hurt, um, you know, and, and, and uh, but th this is more that, like, I'm back and forth with the guys you know, and, and whether it was Ennis uh, in the bubble and whether it was were guys in the playoffs. And what you want to see is that that culture, their fight, their competitive spirit, their fearlessness, that they've taken – they've been in an environment where every shot mattered. Not it doesn't matter what time's the next game. Well, it's a different mindset to go in – and make the big three that's going to advance your team in the playoffs, in the NBA. Anthony Davis is three. Ridiculous that he made that coming off with, with people chasing him and all over him and over a guy's finger by that much, and that ball goes in. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. I, I love to see when, when it's not going right. How, how do they respond? Here's the other thing that all of our players have been asked, and if you talk to them, they'll tell you. What do you do to help us win when you're not scoring? What do you do to help us win? All right, let's talk about Bam. We don't need to go any farther. How about Tyler? How about Tyler rebounding the ball? How about Tyler defending? 
people didn't think he could defend. As a matter of fact, Utah started the series just throwing it to his man. I think it was Utah. Maybe it wasn't Utah. Whoever they started with. They were saying, we're going to go at Tyler Hero. Well, that didn't work. You look at Anthony Davis. You look at Jamal Murray. What am I going to do if they double-team me and take me away? You look at Devin Booker and pick and rolls. You look at De'Aaron Fox and the things that he's doing. How do you help us win when you're not scoring? Um, that's one of those things that I'm watching for as a coach or someone who has uh, been with these guys for a period of time. Next up, we've got John Wong. Go ahead, John. Hey, John, you mentioned in the past that when you're watching your son Brad play, when the coach takes him out, you go do something else. I was wondering how attentive are you to these games? Are you cheering or are you only watching when your guys are in there? Um, well, there are times that if, if the game is over, I, I'll turn it off. Um, if my guys are out, like – like, I wanted Ennis in more. Like, and when he went in, he played well. And, you know, if they waited to get Tyler in and he was – but, you know, it's like Spo and I, you know, I'm texting him or a Brad Stevens, I'm texting him or, um, you know, Mike Malone or, um, you know, Frank and I hit back. I wished him well in this thing. And, uh, you know, you, you go back and forth. But they don't know I'm watching my TV and I'm saying, put him in more. Get him in. Where is Tyler? He needs to be in the game. I mean, you know, and again, I I also want my guys to take those big shots to show that they're not afraid to take those, which means they're fearless because they're not afraid to lose. All right, next up, we've got Tim Sullivan of the Courier Journal. Yeah, meet you there, Tim. Go ahead. Yeah, John. Uh the NBA ratings in, in Kentucky are extraordinary for a state with no franchise. And yet some of your fans will say they don't feel a strong connection to one and done players playing at the next level. What, what is your sense of that? Do people really continue to care about uh, these guys once they leave campus? Oh yeah. And, and the reason is those players stay connected with us and the BBN and our team. And so, yeah, they, they leave because it's what's right for the, their families and themselves, but they stay connected. They're always part of this. Ennis Cantor, who the NCAA did not allow to play, say, I am part of Kentucky. I am part of that program and the fan. I mean, so our kids don't, you know, they're watching everything. They're calling me or texting me about things. Um, so yeah. And, and let, let me say this guys, we have almost 20 players that are playing in Europe, playing their way back to try to get in the NBA. I mean, we're not just talking these guys. I know right now we're talking this series and these four and Rondo and Rondo's been great now. I mean, he's been great to me. I tried to get him to play on the Dominican national team, Dominican Republic. I said, hey, we're allowed one American. Why don't you be the guy? You, you'll take us to, uh, you know, we got all these guys, and you, we'll, we'll go to the Olympics. 
And uh, he thought about it. I, I called him, he said, Coach, I can't do it. I can't spend that much time away in the summer. So he didn't do it. But um, he's somebody that, again, he's a dog too now. He'll fight and battle, and he's not afraid. And, like, you know, say, well, he doesn't shoot it well. Yeah, but he'll make the shots he needs to make. As just a reminder, I'm doing my best to work around as many questions as I can. Uh, I see a couple of you got follow-up questions. I'll get to you. But if you do have a question for the first time, go ahead and hit that raise hands feature. Uh, Brian Kennedy, you're up next. Uh, Coach, I feel like of the guys doing what they're doing now, AD is probably the least surprising. But at the same time, he's coming off screens and knocking down a game-winning jumper. I mean, there's almost a different pressure on him that he's supposed to do this. And he's, and he's responding. Well, how do you feel about that as well? Well, it's over a period of time. And that's why I'm saying to Bam and Tyler, who are chasing – they're still trying to prove who they are. There's going to be a time in their career where that flips like it did with Anthony. Now you're being chased instead of chasing. Now your attitude and how you approach things is different. What's your mentality? Totally different. What do you do every game to get yourself ready? Well, when you're chasing, you know it's about survival. But now you're being chased. What is it that's going to keep you going? In Anthony's case, he wants to win a world championship. And he will have an impact on the game because he's in the game. He'll have an, I'll just give you a couple reasons. One, if he runs to the rim and you don't go with him, it is a dunk 100% of the time. So that creates any cut to the basket – creates help. Second thing, he may not block every shot, but he's going to change shots, which means instead of you making all those, you're going to miss some. If you're not the tallest player and you're not used to it, it changes your game. His ability, and again, maybe not get rebounds because other guys are on the court to get rebounds or, or are rebounding, so you look at his numbers, I would always say, okay, rebound attempts that he had a chance for, how many of those did he get? If the ball bounces away, sometimes it just goes the other way. The balls are bouncing near you. How many of those are you going to get? He is a fighter and a competitor. He'll get his share of those. And then lastly, he can pass. So if you try to double team, you're seeing him throw skips across court. They may not always make it, but they're there, and he's throwing that ball. And he is now – he's being chased. And if you're exactly right. It's a totally different mentality, and I think he's growing daily into it, and he, and he takes pride in it. All right, next up we'll go to Wildcat Sports Talk, and then Maya Monk, I see your, uh, your chat question. I'll get to you next, okay? Uh, hey, Coach. Uh, so it, it seems to me like that the U.K. guys uh, seem to always carry themselves really well with the media and in the public eye. Um, do you feel like playing at a place like Kentucky really prepares them for that national spotlight? Well, they, when they come here, and Eric will tell you, we do social media training, and we do media training, um, and we go through all that, and then they, their first game is done, and they walk out, and there's 50, 60 of you standing there. There's the whole group of televisions up there. 
and then they go and break down in little groups and do media after going up there. I mean, that's every game we play here. You're not going after and there's one media member. There's 50 after every single game. Sometimes it's 100. So I think they get the picture here and they understand that they're not only speaking for us and Kentucky, they're speaking for them in their own name, their own brand. And they get that. And uh, our kids have been good here. They really have. And our staff has done a great job of preparing them. Hey, Maya Monk, we'll go with you next. Go ahead, you're unmuted. Thank you. Um, so I just wanted to ask, um, with your players that you have right now on the basketball team this season, how are they feeling as far as being motivated to see these former players um, in the finals now and how far that they've gotten in the playoffs and everything? Um, we're, we're texting back and forth. I'll be sitting in my chair and one of them will text me, did you see that? Some of the stuff we're teaching in the dribble drive right now where I'm able to go slower because we're having more time. Uh, they're seeing the spacing to the corners. They're seeing loop behind. They're seeing pitches being thrown. Um, and they're texting me like, that's the stuff you were talking to us about today. So they're getting a picture that we're teaching, not plays. We're teaching them how to play basketball, how to play dribble drive, because if you're watching the NBA, it's either try to get for a layup, space out for threes. How do you create cuts to the lane? Um, double teams, spacing on double teams, all the stuff we're trying to teach now, they're seeing. So we'll, we'll go back and forth. And I talked to them about what BAM did, took responsibility. That's one of the meetings we had. We talk about um, the question they threw at Anthony, where Charles said, you know, you're not aggressive enough. Tell us why there are certain, you know, why. I mean, and so it's, there's stuff that's happening um, we're talking pick and rolls. Look, I've always taught pick and run to that rim because we can throw it up for dunks. Now you're seeing people getting started in dribble drive by a pick and a short roll, which is they're helping and it's a bounce pass and they're playing through that point center. And that's what we're – and they see it and we go back and forth. So they're watching the games. They're watching these players. We're telling them how hard they worked. We're telling them how much time they spent in the gym. Told them how committed they were to everything they were supposed to be doing, from academics to all the things we're doing in community. It's not one thing. It's about, quote, being professional in how you act, how you respond to people, how you, uh, um, when you're held accountable, what, what do I do? How do I change? What if someone is playing better than me? So it's all intertwined in what we're trying to do. Guys, we got about seven, eight more minutes here with Coach. So I'm going to go with John Clay with the Lexington Herald Leader next. Go ahead, John. John, I think uh, Bam in the year that he played for you, I think he averaged less than uh, one assist. I think it was 0 0.8 because you had other guys. You had De'Aaron and other guys who could pass. So, but, so wait a minute. We had, we had three point guards on that that's team. That's right. So it was this little <laughs> – Right. So I could have done this. Wait a minute. But, but wait, wait. Oh, we start playing, and I go, all right, we got four weeks left to win a national title. Bam, you're going to be our point center now. We're going to play through you. It is – it's harder. You get it started, and then you try to do it, but we're teaching them how to play. Well, that's, so they're not running plays, but go well, ahead. Well, my, my question is, did you see signs of – Oh, yeah. Of a person, of a player who could average over five assists a game in the NBA when you had him? Well – Maybe not to that level. Miami saw it. 
But what I saw in AAU games and in our practices, he could play basketball. His skills were not mastered yet. You have to master your craft. I, I was on with uh, Jamal Murray. And I said, you remember the falling down lefty he threw up that went in? Well, he did that in practice. And I said, hey, man, stop. You ain't taking What is that? You just threw the ball left-handed. You know, he looked at me and said, I can make that. I said, are you crazy? So I hit him after that game, and I said, I'd like the spinner off the basket, but the left-hander falling down has to go. And he hit me back. I told you I could make that. So they, you see things from these kids that you know, wow, if they can master that, Bam's ability to pass out of a double team was as good as anybody. We didn't make them all, but he did it. And so, yeah, I, you, you see stuff that you say, if they'll continue to work, don't drink that poison. Keep chasing. Keep that chip on your shoulder. Keep fighting. Keep being competitive. Take what you want. Find your niche in a bunch of good players. Next we're going with uh, Mr. Singh. Sorry, I don't want to butcher your name there. Mr. Singh, go ahead with the colonel. Uh, yeah, Coach, you have two very former, like, similar players in Davis and Bam who take pride in their defense. How do you see that matchup playing out? Um, well, I would say this. Um, I had, I've had the ability to coach all these teams now because I'm sitting there watching TV and I'm coaching. And, you know, I would say with, with Miami playing against, forget about just those two, you better get back. If you give them transition baskets, you're going to have to make 55 to 60% of your shots to win. So I'm not even sure you should offensive rebound. Just go back and get them in front, form a wall, make them play five on five. If I'm L.A., it's all, in my opinion, it's about how do we match up with them? What are our matchups? How do we take some people out? Who's guarding Jimmy? I mean, how, how are we going to do this? Miami can really shoot the ball. I mean, it's their strength. I mean, one of the things they do is if you, you can't guard somebody and you have to help, they're throwing it to somebody who can make it. All right, next up, we'll go with Gary Graves of the AP. And then guys have uh, follow-up questions. I'll circle back around you to, follow, or to, uh, to finish this up. Go ahead, Gary. All right. John, when you see BAM um, – establish a, a presence like that, have a block like that. What does it, um, what do you recall about his development when he was there and, and how strong he's become since then and what you've been telling him, I guess. Well, there, there's the drive of each of these kids that we're talking about, the spirit that they had, the fearlessness, almost all of it was built on a work ethic that they would spend as much time as needed. They weren't running from the gym. They were the first one in, the last one to leave. Bam had an added thing. And it was how he grew up, how it was him and his mother, what his mother sacrificed, and what he was going to do for his mother through this sport. On his phone, he had the screenshot of where he and his mom lived. And there would be times he's walking out of the gym and he's the last one to leave. And I go, you still here, kid? And he has his phone and he shows me that screenshot. 
like to let me know, I know why I'm doing this. I hear that picture is in his condo. So he's framed it to keep it in mind where he came from. His mom used to walk to work two miles to a supermarket. I mean, these kids all have their own stories and their own why. Why is Jamal the way he is? Why is Tyler? Tyler's thing is no one thought I was good enough. Why would he ever go to Kentucky? They're going to over-recruit you because you'll never play at Kentucky. You're a four-star. You didn't play in a McDonald's game. He's a pro before he got here. Come on now. He had a chip on his shoulders that I'm going to show you. And that's why I'm saying now, keep chasing, man. Keep that chip on your shoulder. Don't drink that poison. Don't listen to that stuff. You're not being chased yet. In a couple of years, you're going to be chased. It ain't right now. You go for it. And so all these kids, when you talk about Anthony Davis, when I went into Chicago, he tells a story that I, I drove in in a limo. I don't believe I drove in a limo. I probably had a driver cut, take me from the airport, take me there. I went in the house. He had all family there. Grandmothers, grandfathers, cousins. We, we were all in there together. And his comment to me was, Coach, I trust you. Don't care where you play me. I want to win. Here's a kid, he's 190 pounds at 6'9", 6'10". And now all of a sudden, he comes in, gets bigger and stronger, and starts, he was a guard. He went from 6'3 to 6'10". Never played near the basket. He needed to learn that first. You're 6'10", what are you going to be a point guard? Come on. Learn to play first, Carl Towns, instead of shoot all threes. Now, you shoot all threes now. Learn to play. So those kids were, tell me, I trust you. How about Shay? How about Shea didn't start his first nine games? And one of the reasons were we were winning, and I said, look, I know you should be starting, but I like this. He said, I trust you, coach. I trust you. How about PJ? It took PJ two years. I trust you. I'm coming back. That's the – when you talk about it with Bam, there was a why there that you knew. Like right now with, with, with these guys, you don't know how good they're going to be. They're going to control that because of their work. All right, guys, we're going to go with John, Jerry, and Kent to finish this up. Go ahead, John. Now, you've talked a few times about the NBA and the WNBA giving college basketball a model with the bubble. How has that played in your mind as you've made your own schedule out and kind of where are things at with that, especially that Louisville game everyone's so interested in? So what we don't know is what it's going to be like when we start in November. We don't know if there'll be a vaccine. We don't know um, if they're going to let people in the building. But our first two things, our MTE, the first tournament, and going to Orlando will be in bubbles. And it'll give us a chance to figure out what's next. What our league does, I don't have any control over that. Will, they, will we go home and home? Will we have travel partners? In other words, we're not only going to go one game, we may fly somewhere and go to two or three games in a bus, get back on the plane and go home. Less touch points. I don't know any of that. But I do know how we're starting. We started on our schedule to, to make sure probably more than a month ago. Before the dates came out, we had an idea of what we were going to do. Um, and in the contracts that we had to honor, that whether we were playing at home or on the road, that we were going to have to honor, which makes our schedule ridiculously tough. When you have nine new players, this is way too tough a schedule. But 
there's not going to be competitive equity. There's not this year. You may have teams at the end of the year play 18 games. Someone else may play 25. Someone else may play 15. Someone else may have something happen and they're out three weeks with their team, and three of those were home games. Only one was on the road. You don't know. There's not going to be competitive equity. Let's have a season. Let's get to the NCAA tournament. Let's all survive. Let's not cut sports. Let's make this so it works and we all survive this year. That's all I'm trying to do. All right, Jerry Tipton, we're going to you. There we go. John? Uh, I like it the other way. <laughs> well, I can, I can mute myself. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, I had heard that the first bubble, maybe Hartford had some uh, reservations about playing in it, and maybe Moorhead State might play in it. Can you shed any light on that? Well, we'll probably announce it all at once when, you know, we uh, uh, – when everything plays out. And so it's it's all looking good. I mean, I I feel comfortable. I'm just happy we were – if it's the 20th, the 21st of November, if it's the 10th of November, if it, we played war games. We, we kind of knew. Um, you know, what – here's here's where they're fitting in. We have CBS games. We have the challenge. We have the – we have this, we have Big 12. I mean, Notre Dame's coming to us. You know, I know there was a question on the Louisville game, but we have the date and the time. And unless that changes, if they choose not to play, then we'll plug in another team. We already have that team set. So it, where we are, you guys know I like to be ahead of this. You're not going to throw the fire hose at me, and it's hit me in the nose and mouth that I'm trying to figure out a schedule. Not, I'm not going to do that. So we – kind of knew, look, we're going to have some home games with no fans, which is crap, but we got no choice. We're also going on the road a couple times without fans, which isn't fair to them, but there's not competitive equity. It is what it is. All right, we'll end this off with Ken Spencer or WHAS. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, John, you, you mentioned that Louisville game, and, and in your statement the other day, you said you'd hope they didn't want to end the series. Do you think that that's something that they're thinking about? And – do you think in your heart of heart that this game happens this year? Well, it's, you know, I'm not going to tell you what they're thinking or what they're doing. I just know that, you know, the terms of the contract, we go there and they come here next year. How about if, does anybody really know what this virus is going to do? I mean, what if we're next year and we're in the same boat? Then we got them at home with no fans. We don't know. This virus is running us. We are not running this virus. And so, you know, you'd have to talk to them. And uh, my hope is we're playing the game this year, um, but we're prepared if not. I'm not going to wait and they tell me, uh, boom, they say, no, bang, here's what we got another home and home. Here it is. You know, we, we got people all – every the people want to play us. I mean, you know, they want to beat Kentucky. They want to they go again. I mean, so it's, it's you know, but it's, I think that game is good for our state. Um, it should be played, but I'm not – I'm running Kentucky's program. That's what I do. I'm not telling any other program what they should or shouldn't do. 
Okay, there you have it, John Calipari, talking about his players uh, in the NBA Finals, which start Wednesday night on ABC between the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. We thank everybody who listens to these podcasts, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned in, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, just about anywhere that you get your podcast, you can find the John Clay Podcast. We appreciate everybody who listens. Uh, send us some feedback. Give us a re- rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That, sh- that really helps uh, get the word out about the podcast. We also want to thank and we greatly appreciate everybody who subscribes uh, to the to the Lexton Herald Leader in Kentucky.com. If you'd like to support our work, you can go to Kentucky.com and hit that subscription button. You can get a sports-only subscription to the digital edition of Kentucky.com for just $30 for the first year. There you'll get all of our U.K. football coverage, all of our U.K. basketball coverage, U.K. recruiting with Ben Roberts High Schools. It's all there, $30 for the first year. Be sure and check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You can send me an email, drop me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. Later on this week, we will have a preview of the UK Ole Miss football game coming up on Saturday at Kroger Field, so be sure and look for that. Again, thanks again for listening to the podcast. We'll be talking to you again soon.